Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... Well, that could have been a really tricky opening day fixture and it might have been for spells, but Manchester City got the job done with some very strong spells of their own. A Harlan double and one more from Rodri suggests that City are starting as they mean to go on. Let's talk about it. I'm David Mooney. I'm joined by the Athletic City correspondent, Sam Lee. Hello. Hello. All right. Good start, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was, yeah. Um, just hilarious, this Harlan scoring a goal like that. An absolute next of a finish after that three <laughs> minutes. Just be like, OK, yeah. That's just how it's going to be. And obviously the second one, which was the proper killer for Burnley. Because I remember reading something from Stones in the week. He, I think he'd, well, he'd obviously been asked about Burnley and company. And he said when they played in the FA Cup, he goes, it was a really tough game. I know the scoreline didn't reflect that, but I can assure you that it was. And basically that was how, well, the first half in particular. That's how the first half was, wasn't it? It was really tough for City. Yeah. But they just had two Highland goals after... Um, well the first one was set piece wasn't it and then the second one just that absolute killer finish just to kill him off it's interesting because I've seen some stuff already because we were recording this like pretty much straight after the game I've seen some stuff already about Burnley struggling or it would be a difficult season but I, I don't know I think if they play like that against a lot of teams they'll have they'll a lot of joy I think, yeah. they'll, I think they'll get caught out playing the ball out from the back sometimes but that's inevitable if you're not as used to it and as good yeah. at it as like teams like City are but this I, is I think if, if they can apply that kind of pressure and, and that coolness and under pressure then I think I think they'll be quite good this season Yeah I said to you um, midway through well probably about three quarters of the way through the first half didn't I, that uh, this is quite easily a game that City could go on and win 3-0 and everyone go oh well that was a stroll and it really yeah. wasn't a stroll yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for long spells um, and it was in a weird way I don't know I, I don't know if we're um, I don't know if this is fair to, to kind of make this judgment, um, but it looked like uh, company was was coming up with kind of problems that he thought Guardiola would struggle with. Guardiola would would solve it, and then company would go, "Well, okay, well, I now have this card, and I'm going to play this one." And it was like a re- a real battle for control throughout the entire game. And I said in the introduction there were spells for for both teams because after City scored, the City scored on three minutes, and then after that, mm. Burnley really grew into the game for a lot for for a lot of that time until City got the second one, and it was it was like when they got the second one, they'd had a, a spell of possession where they just passed it around for for a minute or two just to yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. just to kind of grow that, back that into the game. Mean. Yeah, that was the killer. And it's just it was it was just like it, it was like Guardiola kind of finding his feet again this season of, of kind of what what little tweaks he needs to he needs to make in game to just kind of get it sorted. Yeah, it, I think I said I don't know if it was after the FA Cup final or at some point during the summer because I remember Ned and being there, so maybe both. But that, you know, there, there are games where you just think, okay, well, like if you go in at half time and something's not brilliant, and this is why I mentioned the FA Cup final because obviously City got the early goal. But United had equalised. United had done quite well, I thought, in that first half. 
but you just think, well, Pep's just going to do something at halftime, isn't he? And it'll be all right, all right, and, yeah. <laughs> and it'll be all right. But but obviously that that was well, obviously De Bruyne's injury kind of forced a bit of a, a shuffle around. But and like you said, company seemed to have different things he could try. But you you mentioned Burnley doing well for like, for the game. It was mainly the first half, wasn't it? The yeah. City second goal did kill him. Um, but it was mainly the first half. But yeah, company had different things he could try. Um, which again says a lot about him and, and how, how well Burnley could do this season, in my opinion. But it's just, I think the theme for me, if I was working, if I was in the stadium, because if anyone's listening and not been listening to the recent ones, I'm still in Australia, so I got up to watch it. But if I was in the stadium and I was working, I think the theme would probably be, because I can't just do Haaland again, but maybe in a kind of related way, just the way that City always, or Pep always, just finds different ways to do things, but it's the same outcome. So the same outcome as last season, Haaland scoring two goals in the first half. I should probably find out exactly how many times that happened last season. Spoiler, we weren't. <laughs> but but know, like five, ten, whatever. Um, but just so many different ways of doing it. And Bernardo, well, I mean, if, if, even the starting lineup. to be fair. It's funny, the starting lineup. To, start, to start yeah. with that. Well, the starting lineup came out and I said to the City fan WhatsApp group that I'm in, I'm not sure I like this. I don't know, like, I don't really know what it, like, how it's gonna, how it's gonna work. And like, you go, okay, well, hands up, Guardiola's just won a treble. He probably knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. And then the way it, the the way it started, I was just kind of like, I'm, I, I, is is it going to be Lewis at left back, and is that gonna kind of gonna be a little bit of a, mm. a like knocking the balance a little bit, and, and then obviously yeah, well, the I mean, first... Ake and a is centre back. Yeah. Would would have been alarm bells. Did they play? Did they play in the derby last year at six uh, three? Obviously, everyone did. was like, everyone was very worried about that. But obviously, it was fine. But obviously, having won the treble and the re- the reputation they've got, I think. I, well, I don't know if people were panicking because I woke up at five to five, which is five minutes before kickoff. So I checked the team and then kind of didn't really fully absorb it, as you might imagine. Went in and sorted out the stream. Um, and it was only until like 25 minutes in, I was like, fucking Alvarez is playing. Because I was watching <laughs> it on my laptop. Um, but he didn't do an awful lot. And, you know, that was partly because of City struggling. But it also may have been, you know, Foden's new haircut. Foden's haircut last weekend in the Community Shield made me think he was 17 again. You know, just like certain, <laughs> there's certain things about a footballer you pick out that would go, oh yeah, that. And Sorry, when Guardiola came on at the end. Yeah, I, on, I, I just, I just had a it. moment. You know, like when, when, you know when you're reading a book and you accidentally turn over two pages at once and you, you're like, you carry on reading the sentence. <laughs> yeah, like, I have no, no idea no. how we've got here. That's, I just no. had well, that feeling. It's all, it's all coming back. <laughs> it's all, it's all going to come back, don't worry. But yeah, but that was it. And when Guardiola came on at the end, I was like, is that, I was like, that's Laporte, isn't it? And I looked in the middle, I was like, no, that's Laporte. I know his body language, <laughs> but Guardiola's isn't. I don't know Guardiola's yet. I can't like pick him out immediately but Foden changing his hair last week threw me so maybe I was confusing him with Alvarez but in terms of going back to the lineup, yeah when I saw it Lewis at left back there was obviously like the kind of Spurs throwback February Akanji and Ake it's probably about as far as you can push it because after how last season finished I don't think anyone's going to have a major problem no, with, no. with any lineup. but those and especially the defenders because all of those defenders came out of it so well you think, yeah, it's fine. But that's probably the limit of, okay, that I can live with that, but a little bit unsure. Um, but yeah, like I said, I just didn't really absorb the lineup at all. I was more focusing on Ake and Ganji and, okay, that would be interesting and, you know, ball progression and all this kind of stuff. But then it was, but then I kind of realised, once, once I remembered that Alvarez was playing, 
I was like, what, what's going on here? He started like, in terms of, you know, we talk yeah. about the balance of the team. We talk about the balance of the team and, you know, he needs, um, and we'll, we'll come back to this later on with transfers. Because it is, it is obviously all true. Like, and hope, you know, you know, we talked about last week, Marty Perrinow's got a book coming out and, you know, it, it might shine a lot on how much bollocks I've been talking for like eight or nine years. But I'm sure there'll be a load in there if, he, if he's going deep on tactics and stuff and given a lot of the powers and stuff was from his books on Pep in the first place. We'll know about how Pep want, wants to balance the team, particularly last season. I think the biggest challenge for Pep being fitting Haaland into the team, which mainstream nobody would really pick up on, would they? Um, you know, they would say having Haaland is like this this great thing and Pep's lucky to have a great player like that. And, and the he's way fraud it started, yeah, yeah, yeah. When in reality, it was a big challenge to make him fit. And this feeds into my whole point about the adaptation and him just doing different things to get the same outcome. And the same outcome is winning. But in this sense, I'm I'm also meaning Haaland scoring goals. But in terms of the balance of the team and all that kind of stuff, you've got Foden on the wing, so fine. It, it's not, I mean, it's still a bit weird because you you just always assume that Grealish would play. So it's not like he's in midfield, but you've got De Bruyne and Alvarez in midfield. Yeah. With Foden on the wing and Haaland playing, it just feels like... And uh, Bernardo, in terms of adaptations, Bernardo only dropped into midfield after De Bruyne the sub. And then that, you know, Lewis was pushed up on the left because he he wasn't thriving, especially in going into the middle, Lewis. Yeah, but Bernardo was... This man to man. Yeah, Bernardo was the change, wasn't it? When when Burnley had been on top for a while and they'd been been able to pin City back for a bit and the only spells of possession City were having with, were, were with the centre-backs and Edison and kind of not getting out their own half. It, he pushed Lewis further forward but wider and he brought yeah. Bernardo deeper into the middle and that did it. Well, it was a bit weird because I remember, I think it was the Arsenal FA Cup game when Lewis started right back and then... Arsenal went man to man. Guardiola brought on Walker at half time and they played a bit more direct to him. And Guardiola said afterwards, when it's a team playing man to man, you don't need Lewis in the middle so much because you know there's not an extra man in there if everyone's if he's still marked, it's still the same kind of problem. Yeah. Um so it was kind of surprising that he did that. But then presumably there was a plan for, you know, for, well if he goes in there then somebody's gonna get dragged. You know, whatever, you know. I yeah, can't yeah. imagine he he was surprised for Bernie to go man to man, he just wouldn't have been, would he? Um, but yeah, it it did, yeah it did it did help when Bernardo went deep. But from the start, when you think, well, is he going to be on the wing? I mean, for my FPL team, I hope he will be at some point because I, <laughs> I thought it might be a little differential. I mean, one of the best players in the league who's going to play on the right wing or at least like an attacking midfielder. Um, but yeah, just it was it was a mad lineup really. And like I say, if I'd have got a well, if I'd have been at the ground, you know talking to other journalists beforehand, you know, seeing um, the stuff on Twitter, you know, maybe speaking to fans beforehand or whatever, WhatsApp groups, I'd have been maybe thinking, City aren't massively fit pre-season-wise. Guardiola's talked about that and it being normal. It's a Friday night kickoff against a newly promoted team. You know, all those kind of Barclays ingredients are there, company as well, Burnley being good. Um, those factors already exist. And then you've got a back four that you would never expect going into the game. I know there was rumours rumors of Diaz being out in the morning and he's got a concussion, Guardiola says. Yeah. Now Stones is out as well. Nobody knew about that. And then you look at the, the forwards and you just think, how, is it, how on earth is this going to work? And like, it didn't massively work, did it? It was just Haaland scoring two goals and Burnley being really good in, in, with the pressure to, to make it difficult for what, 35 minutes or whatever it was. Um, but it was just... 
I'm only kind of processing it now, really. Yeah. Now we're looking back at the game and how it went. Like, it's it's mad that it's just mad given how Guardiola sets his team up and likes that balance, how he went for it. But then again, I guess if if he's thinking it's a an open game with more long balls and more dynamism and more spaces, then those are the guys you pick, actually, aren't they? Yeah. You know, we talked about that at the end of last season. Well, I say end of last season, basically from that Burnley game onwards, after they'd just beaten Leipzig and then they beat Burnley and all those open spaces, they were able to play kind of counter-attacking football to an extent. And I guess I guess that's what, what was in his thinking here. But, you know, you play hmm, Newcastle at home next week, it's never going to be that. Not just the same lineup, but the same makeup of players. You know, I'd I'd be amazed. Maybe maybe this is the way they're going this season. And again, if we go back to transfers later on with with Doku, supposedly waking up to that news, um, maybe there is going to be a bit more dynamism involved. But yeah, I, th- I think it was a kind of horses for courses performance, wasn't it? I probably should have realised that a bit sooner than, <laughs> than now. But if you're expecting it, if you're expecting long balls and end to end and that kind of thing, then you want Foden and. And Alvarez and obviously Haaland and De Bruyne are rampaging through yeah. those spaces. But just I the was... way he's kind of fit it all together in a way that, you, like you mentioned, when they actually kept the ball after the second goal. But again, when it was 1-0, I was thinking, either Burnley are going to score and then their pressing will dip a bit just because it's kind of natural. And, you know, normally even if City score and the other team have been battered for 20 minutes and City score... For, suddenly the other team are attacking and they're getting a corner or something. It just always seems to happen. So if City can kind of drop that intensity naturally, then it can happen to anyone. So I thought either Burnley are going to equalise and then they'll drop off a bit and City will probably establish dominance again. Or they'll kind of make a mistake and City will score out of nothing and they'll be 2-0 and it'll kill them. Now, they, don't, they didn't really make a mistake, but City did kill them and that was it. Yeah. So, But yeah. maybe, maybe that was a factor in... Burnley's dominance and City's kind of inability to play through it to an extent because they didn't have so many, you know, Gundogan's and Bernardo's on the, the technical side. Kind of yeah, thing. I was yeah, uh, maybe maybe. Yeah, I, I did enjoy, and it was more second half by the time Kovacic it got had, to this. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I did enjoy. It. it was more second half by the time this was happening frequently. Um, but you know, I've been banging on for Edison to to look over the top for Haaland more times when there's space in behind. Um, and it seemed like it was an avenue that that would probably come up with a goal, and it didn't. In the end, it, I think it might have come up with the free kick that they that they scored the the third from. But they they kept looking for that that ball over the top and in behind. Uh, first off, it seemed to be a little bit more kind of going towards the right flank. Um, but something you said to me um, certainly when Burnley were were a lot more on top and a lot kind of had a lot more um, ability to to put City under pressure. Um, the second balls were just not landing in the same way as they used to, were they? And then all of a sudden you go, oh yeah, Gundogan's gone. Yeah, there was one. I think it was about twenty five minutes. And it was around, yeah, it was exactly around that time because you mentioned that aiming it towards their left back or lack of, and then it, it just dropped in field and I was like, Gundogan would have just been there. And it, it's funny because Izzy Christensen mentioned second balls very briefly about Gundogan at halftime on Sky, I think it was. Maybe it was after the game. Uh, but it's funny because I've spoken to her about that a lot. We've been we've been speaking about it, so it's funny to, to see her mention it um, on TV as well. It's basically my kind of one go-to thing. About Gund- whenever we're talking about Gundogan with her. So that's quite good. I hope, I hope we can get her on a podcast at some point. I think she'd be great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, exactly. It, it just wasn't there, but there's just those just little... It's funny because this is the most recent example of this kind of phrase, so it's the only one that's in my head. But it was a Richard Keyes tweet that I saw before going to bed on what was Friday night over here about Kane leaving. 
And he was like, it'll be fine, you know, Kane leaving's fine, now move on. There's always an, another way to do things. And it's like, that's a really like salient point from, well, Richard Keyes, basically. It's, you know, uh, basically what's, what's, every tweet has got yeah. an agenda. What's that meme? Or, uh, the worst person in the world's just said something you agree yeah. with or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Simon Jordan, me and Naden were talking at the end of last season, oh, in the summer, and Simon Jordan said something. It might have been in response to the Enya Luko stuff, and we were talking about that. Um, and I sent him the picture of that guy, you know, the worst person <laughs> in the world. You know, has just made a good point. I was like, does this face mean anything to you? And he was like, no, it doesn't. And I sent him like the full <laughs> thing, the headline. And yeah, that, that was quite funny. Um, but yeah, like Richard Keyes making that point. It was, it's just, I mean, there must've been an, an agenda to it somewhere that I've, I've not spotted, but it is, it is a very good point. You know, there's, there's just always a different way of doing things. And, you know, if Carl Walker had a guy, it's like, oh, well, look, to be fair, this is the the same kind of, feeling that City had in terms of what Guardiola said that they can't replace that speed he's got it's the only you know he's the only defender in the world that's like that but you don't have to replace the player every time with those qualities because you can become too hung up on oh well we need somebody who's going to do this or we need somebody who's going to do that and look City second balls are very important to City and they are you know they are going to have to make continue to do it well and without Gundogan you know, they'll have to do it in a different way. But it's like, just to go back to that point about there's always a way or there's new ways of doing it. Fernandinho to Rodri, just different types of holding midfielder. But, you know... Same outcome, yeah. No City fan in the world would swap Rodri for anyone now. Or like for a more combative, more Fernandinho type. You just, you just kind of you just kind of move on. And that's kind of going to be the process with, with Gundogan. But I suppose now is a good time to mention Kovacic again because... I, I I really do like the look of him. I know we've talked about it a couple of times in pre-season, but he looks he looks really at home there, uh, really slick. And again, I I kind of took listening to this FPL wise. If I if if you're thinking I've got Bernardo and Kovacic in there, you're probably thinking I'm some sort of cabbage. I don't know how the game works, <laughs> but I was expecting Bernardo to play on the right wing, and there's not many five million midfielders around. And I thought, well, if Kovacic is doing that. Because I was thinking if Stones goes into midfield, generally speaking, Kovacic isn't going to be as deep. And then if he starts, he'll be further forward in midfield. And then then you may have a bit of value there. Yeah. Um, but again, I suppose transfer-wise, we'll talk about it in a bit. But if they get Pakatar, then you forget Kovacic playing that high up too often. And I'll have to make the, the adjustments. But either way, like whether he's deep or whether he's higher up, he's good. Your decision to pick Rodri has been has paid off at the end of that game. Every year, I think. Shall I put Rodri in? But I did see, actually. I mean, it's really annoying, isn't it? Because even when he got the assist, I was like, well, that's annoying. But to be fair, anybody who had put Rodri in, obviously they'll, they'll be top of the whole fucking game at this point because there's probably somebody in the in the world who's captain Rodri as well. But I saw a stat afterwards. It was like, that's the first time Rodri scored and assisted in the game in, after like 262 attempts <laughs> or something like that. And you say attempts, he's not going into the, he's not going into games trying Today's to Today's the day, yeah. But after 200, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but that's that's one of those things. It's like if somebody says, I'll oh, put Rodri in, look, I'm an FPL genius. You're not, mate. Like You just got massively lucky there. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, I think putting Bernardo in is fine although him him being the same price as Matoma and everyone's done that um probably a bit silly but I don't want to make this too FPL focused I actually want to make it city focused and position focused and Kovacic I do expect well he definitely will at some point be in that kind of more advanced Gundogan position but especially with with De Bruyne coming off when he did and City in the position that they were in 
I think Kovacic was the obvious choice anyway on the bench, which again goes back to the Phillips thing and like, come on, mate, it's not happening, is it? Or, yeah. you know, you, you're in a very difficult position. It was just, a, okay, let's just maybe rein back on the the players who can count, attack and run into space and just somebody who's a bit more used to taking Holding. the ball in deep areas. Yeah. And I mean, Kovacic, Kovacic Bernardo and, and Rodri is... It's very handy to get a grip on the game again. We're going to take a very short ad break now. When we come back, we'll talk about the performances of Rico Lewis and Nathan Ake, Harlan's exchange with Pep at half-time, and we'll look at the impact of Kevin De Bruyne's injury. See you shortly. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. That moment in the first half where Lewis took it from Edison, um, the absolute, like, just the coldness of him being able to take that play out to Ake while I think he had, like, three Burnley players, like, pressing him at that point. Um, it's just, like, I, I don't think Lewis had, the, had had his best game. I thought he was I thought he was under a lot of pressure throughout that game. But he dealt with it quite well. Yeah, I think you're always going to get that with Lewis. He's kind of mentally resilient in terms of always wanting the ball. There was one very early on, he took the ball from from Edison under pressure, like Rodri does, like Gundogan did. He turned it around the corner. And look, you shouldn't be surprised because he's a City player. He's been at City for a well, He's been not always doing that in the academy because it's not like the fullbacks always go into midfield. But he's been doing it with Pep for long enough. You know, They don't do loads of tactical work on the training ground, but you can you can bet that they do that pretty often. Um, so you shouldn't be surprised, but he was very good at doing that. And you're right, it maybe wasn't his best game. It's tough games, tough circumstances to be in. Again, if you're trying to be the extra man, he was getting, he was getting battered. As I mean, he got well, hit. Yeah. Quite, I mean, he got hit by that lighter, didn't he? Yeah, from from the lad in the crowd. So you have got those kind of circumstances. But what I mean is, what I said about you know what to expect from him, and mentally resilient. You know his kind of commitment on the pitch, and he's always you know giving a hundred percent. But it's just kind of no matter what circumstances, he's just going to be in there and he's just a proper battler. So as well as that technical quality, you know, part of the reason Guardiola loves him is just that that mental approach. You know, he's always going to give everything. And I guess that's, it's not a guarantee because I'm telling you, not every academy hopeful has got that. But I feel like the best ones, because you know you're going to get quality at City um, and you, you're generally going to have a good attitude. But I think if you want to be an academy product, making the grade at City you're going to have to work your ass off and you're going to have to give it everything you're probably going to have to give it more in some senses than the senior players because it's just harder at this moment in time just because you know the lack of experience and how much 
value Guardiola places on that. Um, but, but then it's almost like you see those guys doing it. You see like Diaz and Ake and Haaland in the gym and, you know, Grealish doing his own thing, but working just as hard, you know, and you just think, well, this is this is the kind of mentality it takes. And let That's me, like is. I say, it's not, I don't think you get that from everyone. I think some of Palmer's struggles last season were because there wasn't enough of that. But he does have that. And if, yeah, if you, if you marry that kind of technical quality with that mental ability, yeah, like I say, it's no wonder Guardiola loves him. Yeah. Um, just while we're still on the uh, centre back, Sakanji and Ake, um, I can't quite put my finger on on the reason why. Um, but I didn't really feel like when, in the same way that Diaz holds it and attracts the pressure, um, and we know Diaz isn't the best of the of the centre backs on the ball. I didn't feel the same way with Akanji and Ake doing it, and I don't really know why that was. I can't I can't quite explain what the difference was. Um, because weirdly, I'd probably trust a Kanji Nakai on the ball better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just. I think it's just you know, a bit like what we were saying before about thinking of particular as- aspects of a of a player's game that you need to replace or needs to be um, replicated or, or whatever it may be. You think, oh yeah, it needs to be that. It needs to be that. It needs to be that. And then I think it just comes to that. And I, I think we both thought it at the same time, which makes me think, by the way, I mean, we can't do this because I'll normally be actually working and you'll be at the games. But all these podcasts are now is just us reliving our conversations during the game, yeah. when, especially when I'm watching on TV. <laughs> like we should do some kind of like watch along or something. Which yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how possible that would actually be. And also it would probably be shy, but it's you know something to consider. Um, but yeah, in terms of that, well, I think we both thought Akanji bringing the ball up and putting his foot on it just looks different. But it just, it just, I think that's just it. It just looks different. Just looks I think different. we're used to Diaz doing it. Like, if you would have said three or four months ago when they started doing it, you know, Diaz is just going to stand there with his foot on the ball and play the right pass, you'd be like, is he? Yeah. Is that going to be good? Weird, weirdly, now, I'd, pro- like, I'd probably be like, yeah. We're used to it. I'd, I'd, weirdly, I'd probably be like, well, could Stones do it? Could maybe Akanji do it rather than Diaz? But like, just because of, of how I feel with them on the ball. Yeah, Akanji's really good at carrying it, but it's yeah, almost yeah. like he doesn't believe. I mean, look, he did. He carried it quite well and played the the right pass in the Champions League final in the build up to the goal. But um, he can carry it really well. But it just. I mean, maybe this is just a tactical thing because he, he did it at the end of the game tonight. He kind of burst up to the halfway line, but then he turned back. But it's like, like you'd be quite good at that if City needed that, like in the way that Liverpool used Matip just to carry the ball miles. And it wasn't especially eye-catching, but it was a big part of what they did. Like, It's not necessarily what City need, but maybe at some point, maybe this season, maybe in coming seasons, if it, if Guardiola changes what they want to do or how they're going to do it or just adds it in, then and they need somebody to bring really bring the ball up the pitch. And I think Akanji might be the one for that. Yeah. Um, you let's let's touch on uh, Kevin De Bruyne because you mentioned Kovacic coming on. We didn't really talk about the circumstances in which he did come on. Um, we've heard from Guardiola after the game that it, it's not looking great. No, it says he'll be out for a while, and it's the same same place and position as the Champions League final, which is a shocker, really. I'm sure people will be saying, "How could they allow that to happen?" Do you know what I mean? Like how. How could they risk him if he wasn't ready? I've already had a DM about it. How how can they let that happen if he wasn't hundred percent fit? Um, all all I all I can say to that is all I ever say, which is they've got the expertise. You know, they know they 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 know if he's if he's ready to play or not. De Bruyne would know if he's ready to play or not. I mean, look, obviously some players will just push it a bit, but De Bruyne's you, not. You'd like be that. very surprised if they 
No, yeah, and you'd be very surprised if they took the risk, you know, the medical staff, if they thought, oh, you know, it's, if this was, again, if this was the Champions League final, you could see them doing it because he needs to play. Yeah. He doesn't need to play against against Burnley, especially if they've got so many players to run into space. It's not like they need another one. Obviously, he is the best at it. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one, that, just in terms of how they replace him now because you kind of feel the next, what, month maybe, more, um, they're not going to have De Bruyne. And then it just, I suppose it just goes back to that debate of whether it's going to be Foden or Alvarez. Um, and I think we saw, even with De Bruyne going off, you, you could think put Foden through the middle uh, and bring Grealish on out wide. But obviously he went for Kovacic in the middle. Um, which, you know, there'd be a million different things for that. But you know, maybe that would have been the time to use Foden through the middle. But then I remember when we asked him in pre-season, what does Pep want from you in the middle? He said a lot of defensive work. And Guardiola said there's a lot of stuff he needs to learn defensively. I was like, well, maybe it's that. But then, you, like I said, we were talking about the Arsenal game last week. I think we mentioned it in exactly the same context after the Arsenal game. If you put him in the middle, especially in a game where it's so up and down, you think that, that's that's perfect for that. But again, maybe Guardiola wanted a bit more control by adding Kovacic into it. Or yeah. Because maybe he wanted to keep Foden out on the wing for whatever. In fact, he wasn't even on the wing, was he? He did, he did bring him into the middle, in fact, but in a different way. Yeah. Um, that's It's funny you say it like that, though, because um, funnily enough, when when it became obvious as um, De Bruyne was walking towards the touchline, taking the armband off, that he was going off, I don't think I clocked who was coming on at that point. And I, like, at no point did it cross my mind to say, get Grealish on and put Foden where De Bruyne was. My gut instinct was get someone on who's a bit more secure and get someone on who's who's more of kind of like the control holding sort of sort of player. Um, yeah, go for Kovacic. Well, and I mean, to be fair, Foden, because I, it's because Alvarez is already there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, Foden did go more central, didn't he? After that, um, but yeah, with with Alvarez, I mean, just on this whole debate, just to kind of bring it forward a bit, whether it's going to be Alvarez or Foden, look. As we saw tonight, it's possible that it's both. But like I say, when they play like Newcastle at home, most games, if it's not going to be end-to-end, I don't think you're going to see them all on the same pitch. It's, I guess it's possible they could be Foden and Alvarez next weekend, but and even going forward, but I, I doubt it. But I don't know, like, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about Alvarez in that position. In certain games, he really brings a lot. But again, again maybe I'm falling into this trap of, it's oh, it needs to be De Bruyne, and obviously he isn't. But it just feels like I don't know. I'm I'm not sure about him. Like I said, 25 minutes gone today. Maybe it's because of the haircuts. Maybe it's because it was like half five in the morning and I hadn't really clocked what was going on. But there's just a lot of games when he he doesn't do a lot. We talked about him at the end of last season. That was that West Ham game, and then was it the Leeds game after? But it was definitely the West Ham game, and then another one around that. It was just shocking in that role, which I get, and I'm not saying he's a bad player. But just in terms of who's ready to play in that role now, who should it be if De Bruyne is out? I, I still think you know it, it. It should be it should be Foden. But then that said, I didn't think Foden actually played that well against Burnley. So it's kind it's kind of difficult. Yeah. I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, um, I I wasn't dissatisfied with his performance. I must be honest. Um, I thought I was, he wasn't bad. Yeah. But, I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was great. He was. He wasn't tipped up. Um, let's. I mean, let's talk uh, a little bit about the midfield and Haaland because obviously we touched on Haaland's two goals. Um, but Guardiola was. Uh, he was going mad at half time uh, at Haaland because Haaland wanted the ball played in behind quicker towards the end of the half, and uh, obviously City leading two 0 
that's the prime territory for Guardiola to keep the ball kind of uh, set up. Um, it's interesting that they then started to go over the top a lot more to him in the second half, I thought. And it's like you mentioned about, we talked a little bit about Kovacic and knowing when to release it for Haaland. Um, it feels like, like the next few weeks, that's the sort of thing that could come. Um, I don't know. It's still, well, yeah. I mean, in terms of Kovacic, there was one where he didn't do and I was messaging you. And then by the time I typed the message, he'd done it, he'd done it anyway in the next play or the next time the ball got recycled to him. So I do think he's going to be good for that. Um, but the whole thing, you know, that Pep thing at halftime and, you know, having a go at Haaland. And Haaland said, you know, because he was asked about it on Sky afterwards and he was like, oh, yeah, well, I was annoyed at Bernardo for not giving me the ball. So Pep was mad at me for that. It's quite funny. And you could see from the audio and stuff, that was the point Pep was making. But do you remember we were saying last season in terms of this kind of quandary for the players, they need to play the ball in behind for Haaland, but... Guardiola's saying, don't lose the ball. So they're almost like stuck in two minds about what to do. It's that perfect thing where Haaland was bollocking Bernardo for not playing the pass just before half-time. Now, I actually, I thought he could have played it, but when Bernardo just turned back inside, I was like, well, that's just a signal to the referee to, to blow the whistle. Like, it's half-time. We're not going to have another attack now. Just I'm coming inside, blow the whistle, mate. And I actually thought, well, he could have played in Haaland. If it's that, if it's that late, give it, it a go. It yeah. makes sense, but it make yeah, yeah, exactly. But then you think, but I was thinking from kind of Guardiola and City's point of view of well, you know, there's no point in taking any risk. The game, the game's there. I mean, it does feel like a free attack, doesn't it? Because it probably would have been half time. If it breaks down, it's half time. Yeah. If it doesn't, it's you yeah, might exactly. get a shot. Yeah. But but again, it's just in this ultra safe kind of Guardiola way of, of doing things. I, I got what he was doing. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it, how Haaland was annoyed at that, but Guardiola was annoyed at him for demanding it on you know the stroke of half-time and that was going into half-time. And then after the second half, they were playing those balls a lot more often. And it's just it just goes back to that thing of, like, yeah, this is difficult to get. It's difficult to understand. Like, not just to, for when to play the pass because as we saw with that exchange between Guardiola and Haaland it's about when to even want it and when to be angry with somebody else and when to demand it it's like you you just got to do everything perfectly and know exactly when it needs to be done <laughs> simply do everything perfectly <laughs> yeah it's like but but that's it isn't it because there was a lot more of it in the second half and I don't know they did ask him on Sky if that was something they they talked about half time and he didn't he didn't give anything away and I wondered if it was just the circumstances of the game or, you know, Burnley being, I don't know, allowing more opportunities to do it or whatever. But it just it just seemed to show it was like, there's just a time and a place to know when to play that pass and when to make that run or even when to be angry that the, the pass wasn't made. And you just got to know it every single time. And that's that's why it's so difficult. No wonder it's taken them so long to to kind of adjust it and grasp. And, you know, again, on Sky, they were like, oh, do you feel there's more to come to Harlan? It's like, well, obviously. And like, Obviously he does, and obviously there is, because, again, maybe this is just the way I see it and maybe it's not accurate, but it just feels like last season was just a process of adapting him to the team and finding him, and they weren't even particularly good at finding him. So as soon as that improves more, which it obviously will do, he's going to be even better. That's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. If you subscribe on Memberful, then we're going to be talking about Phil Foden. And Sam, you give us uh, some updates on uh, the news of the week. Yeah, uh, the unexpected news of the week, really. Lucas Pakatar at West Ham. What's going on with that? Or, you know, at least as far as I can tell while I'm on beaches in Australia. But also Jeremy Doku. Like, 
I'd kind of disregarded that when I first saw it because he's just not the style of winger that Guardiola has been going for. But, you know, turns out maybe he is. So I've been having some conversations about that and we'll try and work out what's going on. Yeah, we'll dive into all of that. That's for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and they're out earlier as well. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. <laughs> 